an unfortunate storyline on this Friday episode of Peacock and Williamson. We've got to touch on concussion protocols, um, everything that went on with Tua. Scary scene on Thursday night football, of course, review what we saw on the field on Thursday night football as well with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Miami Dolphins and make our picks for the week four schedule coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us once again here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you as always at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 per month. Check out your special offer for Locked On listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co slash locked on. That's bright.co forward slash locked on. We will get to our picks for the rest of the non-six-pack games, our, our six-pack of favorites, including uh Bills, Ravens, Chiefs, Bucks, we talked about on yesterday's program. We'll make the rest of our picks through Monday night football here for week four today, Matt. But uh, unfortunately, we've got to talk about concussion protocol in, in a in a scary game with Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Just uh, when, you, when you see the scene, you see the replays, and you see the way his hands curled up as he was on the ground, knowing what happened on a short week last Sunday on the field, with uh, something they called a back injury that clearly to the layperson looked like a head injury. There's big questions with the process here. And this has been, you know, this has been a subject that we've seen before in the NFL, but clearly they don't have it figured out and you've got to protect players from themselves. And we've got to do a better job of making sure that uh, health is the number one priority, especially when it comes to head injuries around the NFL and, and a really good reminder of that, unfortunately on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, an ugly, brutal, scary scene. I mean, it sounds like the news since then is mostly positive. I mean, I hope he's all right, of course. Um, It doesn't sound quite as bad as it looked, fortunately. Uh, We'll see. I'm sure there'll be a lot more news in the next 10 days and next coming coming days here. Um, A couple notes. I mean, obviously, there was some controversy last week with with the Dolphins and how they handled Tua and is a back injury a spinal cord injury that leads to your brain you know like (laughs) how vague are we going to be here uh the Dolphins aren't exactly in the best graces with the other owners and commissioner after their tampering stuff to begin with um and I, I don't have a lot to add to this I'm sure we'll be it'll be a big topic of discussion but I've said for years now and I understand why it exists but Asking these guys to play on super short weeks is not the best thing for their health from a league that has said over and over how how important player safety is. If if they really were, if that was top priority, they would have a bye week before these Thursday games or they wouldn't exist at all. You, it, it's got to go that way. And I don't know why, you know, why, why Thursday? 
Why can't they have games on? Who cares? There's college football. There's high school football. Have the games on Saturday or, or Friday, even you know, an extra day with. Yeah, them. right, right. Uh, or yeah, like you said, a bye week before the Thursday games. But um, it's it's not safe for players to be out there on, on these short weeks. Sunday to Thursday is just kind of insanity that they thought that it, was is. it is something that was going to work anyway. And when it comes to head injuries and um, just something that. Obviously, these protocols have to get looked over, and this is this is not a good situation for the Miami Dolphins there. And you really hope that Tua does, uh, you know, have a full recovery and everything is good with him. But again, that's kind of what it looked like last week. It was like, oh, hey, good news here. Tua's looking good, but it's like, no, you got to wait a while. You know, you got to wait a long time. It's not just about how good he feels next week or the week after either. It's about you know his life and his long term health post football and cte and there's so many things that go into this and you saw how it didn't even look like that bad of a hit right which was more of an indication that there was already something going on that he got sure. knocked out that quickly from it so very scary and then of course he was replaced by teddy bridgewater and bridgewater looked okay you know it's nice to have a professional yeah. backup that started games in the nfl it was not enough the miami dolphins were only able to put up 15 points against the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals made some plays, uh, especially in the fourth quarter there, and and Joe Burrow did enough and was finding T. Higgins numerous times uh, who was singled up. And, and, you know, that's kind of what we've seen with the Bengals is teams don't want to let Jamar Chase beat him deep, so they bottle him up, and you got a guy over the top there. That leaves a one-on-one on the other side, and it was a big night for T. Higgins, seven for 124 and a touchdown. Yeah, very well said. You know, I think that has uh, – the Bengals are adjusting to – we're not going to give you the deep ball to chase. We're not going to give you the after the catch stuff to chase. You're going to have to be more patient, um, move the ball down the field. The Bengals still are not running the ball well at all, but Burrow played well. Higgins is a star. You know, Boyd was quite good as well. And Chase wasn't, you know, silent, that's for sure. Uh, I thought the Dolphins moved the football pretty well consistently, um, even with Bridgewater in there. Two turnovers hurt them quite a bit. You know, massive day by uh, Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's hasn't lost a thing, and then just you know is a game changing player. Of course, ten yeah. for one sixty. You know, and to see to see Bridgewater able to get one down the field to him too was, was yeah, a good sign yeah. for the Dolphins because you might have Bridgewater for a bit. Yeah, and I'm a little worried about both running games, um, but. I, I don't ding the Dolphins for this in big picture perception. You know, I, I didn't think they were the best team in the league to begin with, but they're very much in the playoff hunt. Really difficult circumstances to try to get a win in this, you know, in this environment. That's what we talked about when we were previewing this game. Like, man, man, the Dolphins getting points. That seems like such a good bet, but just the the away teams on the short week, it's so Brutal. difficult. And do you think it was more a factor of the short week or do you think – they're, the Bengals now are, are in a good situation at two and two after starting so bad at the beginning of the year, kind of getting a little bit right, kind of figuring some things out to where they're saying, okay, we're back, we're good, we're 500, now let's go win the division. Yeah, I, I mean, they got the Ravens next week on a long week. I think that's great for them. They're now in a good spot after starting really slow. Um, I obviously studied their first game a ton because that was Steeler week and they looked like a team that hadn't played at all in the preseason. You know, I mean, I think they were as good of example as there was in the league for a team that was totally rested, especially on offense the entire preseason and looked like that was their first preseason game. So I think they're starting to hit their regular season stride now. More games to come. We're going to preview the rest of week four, including Monday night football, Sunday night football, make our picks for the week four slate. But first, I got to let the folks out there know about Brightco. This is the way to protect your valuables, rings, jewelry, 
engagement rings before you even propose, by the way, is the time to do it. Uh, as we've learned by some of the videos, you can find at bright.co slash locked on watches, whatever it is you need to cover. You can do it very easily at Brightco. And the, the folks at Brightco are really smart. They made buying insurance for your engagement ring, your watch, whatever it is, so easy to get you covered in just two minutes on your cell phone. And when you watch some of the videos and some of the ways that folks lose their engagement rings, I mean, it is it is amazing. Uh, and by the way, you can lose your rings in other ways. I have a good buddy who lost his wedding ring surfing in the, in, in the Pacific Ocean. And uh, Matt Williamson, a great story he told a few weeks ago, losing his crystal earring oh, on the basketball yeah. court. Really uh, missing, yeah. yeah. And of course, it's not even just, you know, you lose it in the water or, you know, something that's very viral and some video where you're publicly proposing and you lose a ring. You might just lose it. You Like, where'd that watch go? I have no idea what happened to it. It's super valuable and you can't find it. And you can get comprehensive comprehensive coverage no matter what happened, no matter if it's lost, stolen, or you just can't figure out what happened to your jewelry or valuables. It's the fastest, easiest, cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the business, Brightco slash locked on. That's bright.co forward slash locked on. Here we go. Week four games, Matt. And uh, something we didn't talk about yesterday because the Vikings and Saints was uh, was one of the games, but the 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 rematch of that that famous Stefan Diggs right with with Williams coming over the top and getting there on time oh, but right. somehow yeah. not making the play I didn't even think about the the rematch aspect of Vikings and Saints no I, I kind of forgot about all that as well and that was boy that's a classic <laughs> classic game there uh, <laughs> between uh, the Vikings and the Saints that one happening in London Tottenham Hotspur Stadium early early start. We did uh, already make our picks in that game, but I just yeah. was completely reminded about that. And I don't know how I, how I didn't think about that Viking Saints classic. But let's go to Atlanta. It sounds like Where James got- Winston and Michael Thomas aren't going to play, by the way. We didn't really have that gonna- information yesterday. Yeah. So Saints are in a rough spot. Very rough spot. And you get a home game. It's like, hey, congratulations. Here's your extra home game. Oh, by the way, it's as far away as you can go. And play it. <laughs> right. That too. Right. Cleveland Browns on the road at the Atlanta Falcons. Browns coming in two and one. The Falcons at home at one and two. Cleveland, the road team, favored by just one single point here, Matt. I've really come around on the Falcons' offense. I think it's well designed. It's a big physical unit, kind of like Cleveland's, you know, extra tight ends and uh, they run the football, big receivers. Mariota's playing well. But this Browns running game is ferocious. I really think they run the ball better than anybody in the league. That travels to me. Um, I'm guessing we don't see Miles Garrett. So I, I, I think both these defenses could be a little bit vulnerable. But only one point is what I'm looking at for the road team. I mean, I think that they travel well enough to, to you know, win this game on the ground. It's interesting that the line is one point, too, because the, the Atlanta Falcons, all of their games combined have come within one point. They lost by oh, one wow. yeah. to the Saints. They lost by four to the Rams, and then they won by four to the Vikings. So uh, they're it's minus been a good one year on for Atlanta. Season. Yeah, I mean they've been competitive in every single right, right, game. Um, including against the Los Angeles Rams, those the, the Super Bowl champions. You can say what you want about the Saints right now that we've learned, and and the Seahawks, but the Saints were at full strength coming into the year, and the Rams were coming off a Super Bowl in Week Two, and and they played them tough. So. Um, for that reason, I think the the Falcons have shown a lot more than I think we expected coming into the year. They've got themselves Absolutely. a win. But we've seen the the Browns this year 
just with the, the perfect complimentary package of we're going to run the ball, we're going to not make mistakes in the passing game, and we're going to play a whole bunch of defense. And I think that could lead to a lot more wins than we expected. This game will be tight. I think one point is not enough. Cleveland's just a better team. Uh, should yeah. be able to win this one by a field goal. So give me those Cleveland Browns. Yeah, me too. But congratulations to the Falcons on not being a disaster so far this season. Oh, it yeah. Still, well, it's the same last year, too. And, you know, the lost Matt Ryan, but Marcus Mariota's not a dynamic playmaker at quarterback, but he's a good player. Uh, but last year, their roster didn't look like a team that was going to, you know, be they, oh, they, they overachieved a, last year, too. And they weren't a good team, but they still overachieved. Right. And I, I think that's what we're seeing with this uh, Atlanta Falcons new regime there. Yeah, it speaks to the coaching staff for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm impressed. By the way, the top rookie as far as uh pff grades go the the highest graded mm. rookie according to pff is drake london Falcon i think Rodgers. he's a leader in the clubhouse for rookie of the year don't you think mm-hmm. especially with the quarterback so. being in the mix you know right yeah yeah until we see kenny pickett more on that uh, yeah, later. Could be soon, How about yeah. the washington commanders at the dallas cowboys washington coming in at one and two two and one cowboys at home and cooper rush holding his head above water makes you feel a lot better about this cowboys team until Dak comes back yeah, I'm not sure if I'm willing to sacrifice three and a half in Dallas. I think I will. I'm just down on Washington. Uh, we saw Wentz get sacked a million times. Now he goes to the home of the sack, uh, happiest defense in the league. I think the the Cowboys' offense is good enough, and I'm really down on Washington's defense, especially their back seven. This is more of a vote against Washington than one for Dallas. I wish it was two and a half, not three and a half. But I give the Cowboys credit too, much like we did Atlanta. I thought they were cooked, and now they're they're hanging around. They're surviving. Give me the Cowboys in this one as well. I will give okay. up uh, the you know I, I will give up a, a field goal pretty easily in this one. And by the way, you can find all the lines and, and betting odds at Bet Online where the game starts. Uh, and, and Washington is just one of those teams that's up and down. But this is a division matchup; those tend to be tight. So. Um, I'd probably stay away from this game, to be honest with you. But if I'm have to bet on anybody, I'm going to bet on those Dallas Cowboys. And look, Micah Parsons is unblockable. And that's oh. a bad combination with what we've seen with Wentz in that uh, commander's passing game so far. Absolutely. That's the big thing to me. Seattle Seahawks at the Detroit Lions in week four. We've got the Detroit Lions not only favored, but favored by four points. They're setting records on uh, on, on how favored they are on those betting lines because we have not seen that for a very long time for the Detroit Lions and the Seahawks going in the opposite direction right now Seahawks on the road home team Detroit Lions favored by four both teams coming in at one and two on the season yeah I'm not sure what the status of the receivers are but we're not going to see Swift Uh, I still think this is a very good Lions offense that you control the line scrimmage Jamal Williams could be in for a big day I'm not fond at all of where Seattle is right now, especially their defense, but really both sides of the ball. Uh, I think this might be a blowout. I think I'm gladly going to lay the four. I'm going to go the other way on this one, Matt. All right. Uh, I think this is a Seattle Seahawks team, similar to what we talked about with the Atlanta Falcons. They might lose a lot of games, but I think they're going to lose a lot of games close. And with okay. the Detroit Lions, their best player, Amonra St. Brown, banged up on the offensive side mm-hmm. of the ball. No Swift. I think Seattle can come in and keep this game at least close. So I'm betting against a blowout for the Lions and thinking this game's going to end within a field goal one way or the other. So I want to take the okay. points. I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks to keep it close and you know maybe still lose this one. I hear you. I hear you. It's certainly possible Pete Carroll could you know keep this thing very respectable. Again, the, the Lions... I'm just not going to buy big favorites on them quite yet. I need to see a little bit more. And especially with... I mean, because... Amon St. Brown has been their entire offense 
with the way he's no, you're right. Sort of like if if um imagine if the imagine if the the Los Angeles Rams still had Jared Goff at quarterback, but then Cooper Cup was out. You know what it I mean? Kind of I like feel to it, right? That's that's kind of how I feel about the Lions' offense right now. It's it's not something that I'm just going to be like, oh, Lions, cool. They've arrived. They're great, and let's make them a big favorite. I'm not buying it. <laughs> I, I I trust the offense. I trust the the offensive line. The defense isn't great. I just am really down on Seattle. You should be down on Seattle. Aside from that week one win, which is their only win of the season against Russell Wilson coming back to town uh, with the Denver Broncos, we've seen how bad the Denver Broncos started. The Seahawks have been just straight up bad the other two weeks. Yeah. Two games. I mean, they're just short on talent. Right. They could do nothing against a good defense in in week two. They only scored because of a a blocked field goal attempt. So that's, um, yeah, that doesn't bode well for the Seattle Seahawks. You're right. And you should be down on the Seahawks. I just, I'm just Mm -hmm. not as high on the lions either. I hear you. Yeah, I, I, I see that angle. Yeah. How about the Bears and New York Giants? The two and one Bears Woo-hoo. and the two and one Giants. This is a, a playoff implications here, Matt, with two teams. Oh, massive, that are really right. Over, Home field advantage for the playoffs. Yeah. And look, one of these teams is going to be three and one. If you said at the beginning of the Ooh. season to any Bears fan or any Giants fan, hey, you'll be three and one after four weeks of the season, they would say, yes, give me that all day long. I cannot believe it. I'm doing backflips. And that's going to be a reality unless they talk. Or they're going to say, that's the worst thing I ever heard because now we're not going to pick in the top five and we're not going to get the, the player we really want because we really aren't good despite our record. And I don't think either one of these teams is close to being good. The Giants are not hiding their quarterback nearly as much as the Bears are. I think the Bears' D's probably a little better. Um, I wish I knew who was going to catch passes from the Giants. Wondell Robinson, Tony Shepard, all these guys are you know not available or questionable and you know, well, I'll tell you who's going to I'll tell you who's going to catch passes. It's former 49ers legend Richie James. He leads the That's team your guy, yeah. 146 yards. I loved Richie James back in the day. If you listen to Locked on 49ers, it was like a kind of a running joke and I knew he wasn't amazing, but I was like <laughs> I was uh you know, propping up Richie James every chance I could. I, I really liked Richie James as a player and I love that that he's getting a chance. But if Richie James is your best receiver, that's not a great sign for your offense. Don't love the way Daniel sure. Jones is playing either. But both of these teams, you know the formula. It's like we're gonna run the heck out of the ball and hopefully that's gonna be enough and uh, hide our quarterback. So which team does a better job of running the ball and hiding the quarterback? This is a pick'em game with the Giants getting that that three points at home. I have no idea which way it's gonna go. Uh, but I'm gonna take the points because I don't me too. It's a coin flip for me. So give me the points. And I love the way the Bears have been able to run the ball. And I, I like the way both of these teams are playing under their new coaching staff. So they're just both undermanned at this point. 100%. And I was going to say the same thing. I think these are equally bad teams despite winning records. Uh, one of them will be three and one, which is nuts. I'll just take points. Give me points. Give me points all give day points. there. Oh, the yeah. Jets and your Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt. The New York Jets at one and two on the road at Pittsburgh, who is also one and two. Looks like about a three and a half point favorite for those Steelers at home. I think I'll take the Steelers. Um, the Jets are better than their record. I've studied them quite a bit. I would be more confident in taking the points in the road team if Flacco was the quarterback, just because I don't think he'll hurt the team. Maybe Wilson turns a corner and looks like a different guy, but he was so bad last year. And I think he threw five passes in the preseason. Now he's getting thrown into the mix against a defense that throws a lot at you on the road. I mean, I love the Jets' weapons. I think the Jets' D-line can cause problems. But 
I think the Steelers cover, but their offense is really rough too. You got to take the Steelers at home here because yeah. of what you just laid out. And uh, I, and, and if you're the Jets, I, I get it. You have to go back to your your young quarterback once he's healthy. But Flacco, sure. you have a baseline there, and with Zach Wilson, you know maybe the ceiling's there at some point. But you know, not playing a lot in the preseason, injury coming back in, uh, you know, on the road, that's a tough ask. And so I love what I've seen from Garrett Wilson, but you kind of got to fade him this week in your daily fantasy leagues and uh, just kind of wait and see what it looks like with Zach Wilson. Maybe kind of sitting back and watching a little bit will be helpful for Zach Wilson. Maybe maybe we see that guy now, yeah. and he takes off from here on out the rest of his career. But there's enough questions for me to stay way away from the Jets, at least in this one for sure. Maybe feel a little bit better about taking some points for them next week, but give me those Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, really there's and the Steelers aren't playing at a level that they were going to get enough points to scare me away from them. I hear what you're saying. And if you if you remember last year, Wilson missed, I think, three games with injury. And when he came back and, you know, got away from the game a little bit, I thought he was a little better, you know, understood mm-hmm. the speed of the game, exhale, you know. I mean, so I'm not writing the book on the guy. It's just last year was really bad. Um, no one's told me this, but if the Steelers stumble here, maybe it's picket time after that. Mm, I think it's I mean, got to be just my hunch, yeah. at some point. And what's the Steelers by week, by the way? Uh, not for a while. You should, their okay. schedule coming up is ridiculously hard. Their next four games are against the bills, bucks, Eagles, and somebody else. Great. So it's not, it's not, 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 a, great time. not right. a great time to throw the rookie in there. Um, but yeah, um, we'll see how it goes for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Probably a low scoring game here. This is one of those where you take the under just because it, just because it's low scoring too. Does that mean you, you might want to take the points in the jets? I Possibly. Can't. I mean, I'm looking at three. You said three and a half. It's been moving all week. Uh, three and a half, I would have a much easier time because this could definitely be a field goal game. Mm-hmm. More games from week four, including 49ers and Rams, a divisional battle there in the West on Monday night football. We've got an AFC West one with the Broncos and Raiders and a whole lot more to get to from week four thanks again everybody for making peacock and williamson your first listen here on the locked on podcast network for your second listen make sure you're checking out your team specific podcast the local expert covering your team no matter the sport every single day Next up is the Los Angeles Chargers at the Houston Texans this is sort of a get right game i think for the Chargers with Herbert looking like he's going to get through this rib problem. He played through it last week, and I'm sure he's going to get whatever injections he needs throughout the rest of the year, and hopefully that starts to heal up to where he doesn't need any injections and we can see the the high-level Herbert that we expected to see coming into the year. On the road, though, a banged-up Chargers team favored by five points against the Texans. Is this one? I think it was our guy Winston that had a question earlier this week uh, asking why we're always questioning <laughs> the Texans and why you know, they're never favored. And, like, look, here, here they are at home against an injured team, and they're still five-point dogs. Is this the home dog you want to take this week in the Texans? No, I, I think Winston said something like, and then we always conclude the sentence with, and I'll take the other team. You know, I'll, you know, all this stuff about the Texans, and then I'll yeah. bet against them. And I will again. I, I, mm-hmm. I expect Herbert to be healthier, a little better. Um, maybe Keenan Allen returns. Uh, they have injury issues, but I mean, just the talent gap between the Chargers and Texans is unbelievably massive. I mean, even without Slater, even without Bosa, uh, I, I think the Texans have a real tough time in this one winston i'm taking the points give me the home underdog oh Houston baby Texans. 
in this one. I don't like a combination of high-level, important pieces on any team. Quarterback banged up, no left tackle, no stud edge rusher, uh, banged up in the secondary. <laughs> Those things I, are pretty important. That, that's a bad combination. And oh. the Houston Texans are a professional football team. They've dueled to a tie so far this year, 0-2-1 and on the year. This is five points. The Chargers can win by a field goal, get out of there, you still win your bet. So how about that one, Winston? Give me the Texans here. Give me those. The Arizona Cardinals at the Carolina Panthers. Um, No offense to Cardinals and Panthers fans. This is probably one of the afternoon games I'm not going to be tuning into very closely because of some of the other games on the schedule because these two teams have been ugly and have not been fun to watch so far this year. Can they turn it around, Matt, is the question. I'm down on both coaches. I would love to bet against both teams. I'm not excited that they're playing each other. I'm not going to spend a ton of attention on this one. But I'm going to bet on Kyler. I mean, Kyler versus Baker this year is night and day. Um, I do think the Carolina defense could be the difference in this one. I mean, if, if, if things go well and Carolina wins it, we're going to be talking about that defense. But I think Kyler makes enough plays to win this one on the road. Yeah, and I know they're on the road, but if you're going to get a point or two, you know, kind of watch this yeah. line as it goes. Uh, give me the Cardinals, in, and I'll take points there on the road, and I just believe in the playmaking ability of their quarterback uh, more than anything else. And even when you look at the the rest of the offense for the, for the Carolina Panthers, you know, Christian McCaffrey's carrying the load, but it's not an impressive load that he's carrying. He's, he's not at that level that we've seen from him in the past, you know, and he's probably the number two overall pick in a lot of fantasy leagues. And he's not really producing to that level, even though his share of the offense is still what you would expect for a star player like McCaffrey. And you wonder, you know, some of these running backs get into that second contract and it's, it's, it's sad. It's, it's really not a fun thing for football fans, but you get into your mid to late twenties. Do you start to just be done, done every single time? Like that's what we're seeing around the league. Yeah, uh, his usage is great. His production's okay. And one other note here is I love that it's a four o'clock start for the, the the West Coast team going all the way across. You know, that should be a little easier on them. Yes, great point. Uh, that's a that's a fantastic point there. How about the break? The Broncos and the Raiders. It is a one twenty five Pacific, four twenty five Eastern start time with the two and one Broncos at the zero and three Raiders. Uh, we kind of buried the Raiders already, but I mean, you got to start winning some games in your division if you want to have any chance because you're not mathematically out of it. But at some point, you are going to be, and there's going to be other questions about this team. Something to be said for a desperate football team, even this early, and I think the Raiders are officially in desperation mode. Maybe you're going to see fake punts, flea flickers, throw everything that you have in the playbook to win this one. I'll take the points. I don't know who I like to win this one, though. And my reasoning isn't the Russell Wilson bet. It's the Broncos defense to me has clearly, clearly been the best of the four units playing in this game. I mean, that's the only one that's been even above average thus far. So I think they keep this thing really close. I hope it's a big Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon type of game. I would hope Denver understands that's really what they need to do. But I'm a little shocked they're getting points, to be honest with you. Both uh, new head coaches for these two teams. I've not been impressed at all from what I've seen from either team so far this year. But Give me the home dog here, Raiders. They're not as bad as their 0-3 record looks, and the Broncos probably haven't even played as good as their 2-1 record. They've been pretty bad all three weeks of the season so far. So give me those. Raiders here in in week four to get off the schneid and get their first win of the season. That brings us to Matt Monday night football. It is the San Francisco 49ers at one and two hosting the two and one Los Angeles Rams. The 49ers 
at home at one and two favored by one and a half points here. I was a little bit surprised to see the 49ers favored by so much, but Kyle Shanahan has had Sean McVay's number. But aside from that, I really have liked what I've seen from the Rams, especially the last two weeks. And look, week one, extended preseason for them. They didn't play anybody in the preseason and they ran into the juggernaut of the Buffalo Bills in week one. So if you give them a pass there and you just look at the last two weeks, you definitely got to think that the Rams should be the favorite. So um, did not love what I saw from the 49ers offense. I'm taking the under Niners defense has been great. 49ers offense has been bad. Uh, but give me the points and give me the Rams on the road here. And they might have figured things out in the playoffs and sort of, you know, um, killed Goliath a little bit with the 49ers having their number mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I, I really would worry, and I'm sure you've touched on this, Niners O-line versus Aaron Donald. Not that Donald's been quiet, but you could see one of those breakout, I'm the best defensive player in the league type of games. I, I know Shanahan's done well against them, but that Niner O-line is really worrisome for me. Um, the Rams O-line, though, isn't much better. I mean, it, it's a bunch of no-name guys. They usually make it work. I think that's been a struggle for them, and the Niners' front is nasty, as you know. Um, I think I want the points here. I think the Rams would be a little higher on my power ranks as we, you know, if we were to do that right now. This should be a really good game, though. I think this would be highly, highly competitive. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be yeah. low scoring when it, you know, whoever makes that one big play. And you're right. The stars are going to come out on defense. It's going to be Bosa. It's going to be Donald. Yeah. Whoever yeah. amasses the most sacks there might be the team that wins this game. All right. That is week four. Of course, Matt and I will be back on Monday to break it all down. Thanks for making us your first listen right here. Peacock and Williamson.